Ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for tuning in to the PWF Empire podcast. Jay here along with the prodigal son, Steve. Oh, yeah. I like it. See, I don't even understand the reason behind that nickname. Like, it it, it has to have some roots. What are the roots for this nickname? Well, because I'm not around anymore. So when I'm around, it's like the prodigal son has come home. Okay. I get it now. See, that's all I needed. That's all I needed right there. There's an explanation. There's a foundation. There are roots. Good to go. Let's proceed. Go ahead and move right forward to the reason. A world we... without roots. <laughs> Let's move forward to the reason why we all are here right now. We are going to discuss the kayfabe tier list. So the kayfabe tier list is the brainchild of Steven. It is a visual tracker used to record the mobility of the members of WWE's roster in terms of credibility and presentation. I'm looking over this post-backlash edition of the kayfabe tier list. Also, for the month of May 2017, are there any things on this list that stand out to you? Because I'm seeing one thing, and it really stands out to me. I'm, I'm quite sure you know what I'm talking about. Oh, it, yeah. It's very yeah. interesting, the fact that we have the WWE champion, Jinder Mahal. It's well, been... That's what you meant? That's what you, I thought you meant uh, the fact that you accidentally put Chris Jericho on Raw. No. It's from SmackDown, you idiot. Can I just go ahead and state for the record that that's your job to change all of that stuff? Oh, shit. Yes, it, it's my fault for not catching your mistake. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, uh, well, look, you know what happens uh, when people don't catch my mistakes, huh? <laughs> you just made the kayfabe tier list. I'm fine with that. I'm in the S tier, right? No, that's not, that's not how it works. But let's let's okay. You want to talk about Jinder Mahal? Is that what we're gonna do? Right I away? mean, I guess we have to because you just look at the fact that Jinder Mahal is right next to the tag champions. That puts basically the WWE Championship on the same tier as the tag titles. And then look in the A tier. You have Dean Ambrose and Kevin Owens. You have secondary titles in WWE that are currently ranked higher than what is supposed to be the premier championship, not just in WWE, but in all of professional wrestling. That, that's an issue, right? That is an issue, and it goes to a much larger issue that I'll get into after we talk about Jinder Mahal. So, I mean, Jinder Mahal, there's a lot of things you could say about him. I personally think he's all right. I can see the... I can see why why he would be in in the position that he's in the the problem is the push happened out of nowhere i think that's i think we could say that's that's the problem it's not him he's okay in my opinion he has a very good look he's decent on the mic he's serviceable he's in the in the ring he's serviceable but the push just came out of nowhere and this is a guy who was a jobber for all of his career mm-hmm. not even some of it all of it mm-hmm. all of it and then he becomes the WWE champion now this is supposed to be a surprise this is supposed to be a a, a shock, a, some, a breath of fresh air. I don't know what it's supposed to be, but it's not good because not all surprises are good, especially the ones that make no sense. The best surprises are the ones that make sense in hindsight. Mm. Does that make sense to you? Yes. It's the, it's the one that you don't see coming, but you could see the logic in it only in hindsight. 
Not It doesn't make sense when you do the least predictable thing because it makes no sense. That's what Ginger Mahal is right now. It's like, let's do the thing that makes the least sense and then say it's a surprise. Well, I know they have their business reasons. They want to open up the market in India. Can I Fine. just go ahead and give you a round of applause for the way that you just broke that down? That's something that I really appreciated about Charlie when he was on the show. Like, he... It, Shit just goes crazy in my mind, like fireworks all over the place. But I love it when somebody can break it down in the most simple terms, like, bam, here is the issue. And you perfectly just no, did that with this entire Jinder Mahal situation. So thank you for that. Oh, no problem. That, that's how I that's how I see it. And look, I know that it's a business move. That's clearly mm -hmm. what it is. But if I'm analyzing it from a fan perspective, I just see this as just stupid and it's continuing to break down the hierarchy and the logic of the, the wrestling universe, at least as it pertains to WWE. Because I don't know if you want to get into this discussion now, but this is what I've been thinking about. Can we just pause right there? Because I need to jump on that whole business part. People right. act as if just because it makes sense from a behind-the-scenes perspective to WWE that we as fans are supposed to give them credit or become understanding because of that. You look at Jinder Mahal, well, he's of Indian heritage. They're trying to work out business deals in India. And people throw that out there as if it is an explanation, It as if what doesn't make sense is supposed to make sense now just because WWE has business objectives. I don't understand how WWE's business objectives and them attempting to meet them is supposed to entertain me. If we're bringing on India and WWE's business ventures as an on-screen storyline, I'd understand then. But you can't tell me that just because WWE is meeting their business interests that I'm all of a sudden supposed to go, okay, I understand. I get it now. I'm going to flip that entertainment switch off because my entertainment comes second to WWE fulfilling their obligations to stockholders and, you know, trying to um, increase market share in India. That that makes no sense to me. And you know what the other thing is? It's not even it's not even clear that this is a great business move to begin with. First of all, we don't even know if this is going to yield what they want it to yield. We mm -hmm. don't know if Ginger Mahal is going to catch on in India. I mean, I, I know they're very patriotic people. They're, well, hey, if you judge by the comment section of my video, he's catching on. Well, um, people, <laughs> pe uh, people in general, I think, are are being tricked by this ginger thing. They're falling for it because it's a breath of fresh air. Look, it kind of is. I'm going to admit it. There's a part of me that wanted to see him win, but that's not the part of me that I would have made this. I, if I had that, if I had the power to make the decision, I would not have let that part of me make that decision because mm -hmm. as much as like I like to see novelties, I don't want to see novelties that jeopardize the whole structure of the company. So look, mm -hmm. e even if this does work out in India, it's still not clear to me that that's a good business move because this is contributing to a larger issue that's going to, I think, cost them business in the future. So it's about, is it going to make you business now or later? I mean, maybe it's going to help you now, but what's going to happen when people just don't give a shit anymore, as they have been not giving a shit for the past many years, because you've just been jettisoning your entire structure? Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's something that I don't know the answer to, but it's still not clear to me that this is a great business move. But even if it is in the short run, it's not clear to me that it'll be in the long run. 
But yeah, like you said, uh, we don't have to talk about business. I mean, look, first of all, even if they wanted to do that, there's better ways to do it. You could mm -hmm. have Jinder Mahal and fine, just give it a bit longer. Maybe do it over three or four months, not one month. You can't do And it's look, it's not even it's worse than it even sounds because we got to think, how did Ginger Mahal get in this position in storyline? Who did he beat? He beat <laughs> a bunch of mid carters, mm -hmm. which is why I, I typed out on Twitter that SmackDown is not the land of opportunity. It's affirmative action for jobbers. This is not opportunity. Opportunity is when you face someone on your level, not when you face mid carters. So what? He beats a bunch of mid carters and he's, qualified for the championship he couldn't even beat the mid card as clean he had to do it with his his buddies so it's even worse than it sounds you know it, it, he he's he's not good from a from a, a storyline perspective he's pretty much trash because he needs two guys to help beat a bunch of mid carders now this is crazy and it gets even more bizarre than that because the from what i remember the week before is the number one contenders match for the mid card title and who is in that match all the main eventers mm -hmm. right isn't that what happened it was aj versus sammy zane sammy zane and uh baron corbin baron corbin okay two of them not main eventers but still upper mid card guys I, and basically eventer. they're higher on the totem pole than the ones who were competing for the wwe championship absolutely you could believe baron corbin uh Maybe he could win a number one contenders match for the world title. Maybe he can't win it. I don't know. Oh, you could believe that Baron Corbin could be in the exact spot that Jinder Mahal is in right now. Well, anyone could be. I mean, Jinder oh. Mahal was at the bottom now. <laughs> and Who that's the entire be? thing about it. Literally, anybody, anybody in WWE could be in that spot right now. You look all the way down in the D tier, James L. Any one of those people could be where Jinder Mahal is right now. And if you accept Jinder Mahal in this current position, how could you have anything negative to say about any of the other people? By the way, it gets even worse because who lost that match? Who lost the United States title number one contenders match? Sami Zayn. Who was in the world title number one contenders match? Sami Zayn. So what happens? He, you lose a mid-card number one contenders match, and you're rewarded by being placed in the main event number one contenders title match. What the hell is going on? This <laughs> makes no sense. The, the incentives are all wrong here. If you're a wrestler, then you don't know what the fuck you should be doing because uh, you're better off losing the mid-card title match than winning it. So what incentive do you have to win? This is just insanity i'm telling you this up is down you know you know how uh, on the 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 night after wrestlemania the commentators are trying to play it off like up is down uh, this is left bizarro right. world this is bizarre this actually is a bizarre world this this makes <laughs> no sense this is insanity this is uh, like a postmodern wwe right now and it's been it's been getting bad but this is the the pinnacle of what's been happening over the past many years you know, it's yeah. been bad before you've had jack swagger as the world champion mm -hmm. but at least you could say well it's the world heavyweight champion he won it with the money in the bank okay uh still retarded but not as stupid as jinder mahal beating a few mid carters and then becoming the champion that makes no sense after the main eventers aj styles who was an incredible 
world champion yes is placed in the mid card title what is going on you know it, and it's not better over on raw because before braun Strowman was injured they were all competing to face dean ambrose for the ic title first of all tell me why dean ambrose a former world champion is the ic champion tell me why <laughs> kevin owens a former world champion is the u.s champion and a Correct. fucking jobber is a WWE champion. True. Just just, just let just let that marinate for a second. Look yeah. at the friggin' kayfabe tier list. Look at Dean Ambrose, Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, former Universal Champion. Dean Ambrose, former WWE Champion. Mid-card titles. Jinder Mahal, jobber, WWE Championship. And you know what? Historically, he's going to lose that title, and he's just going to become a mid-card champion. Because that's what happens. That's what's been happening. There is no hierarchy. There is no climbing in WWE anymore. You don't go from nothing to maybe tag team champion to IC champion to world champion. That doesn't happen. You just go directly to world champion, then you go down. <laughs> Look at the happens. person. You, you, you want to know an amazing example of, you know, climbing the ranks? The person that's right next to Jinder Mahal, Jeff Hardy. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. You know, in his career all the way up to, what was it, 2009 when when he uh, left WWE? I think it was 2009. You know, he was in a tag team with his brother. You know, when they um, broke up, went their separate ways. He was an Intercontinental Champion. He moves up, becomes a WWE Champion. And... He was the WWE and, and, I believe, the World's Heavyweight Champion, I think, at different times. Yeah, but that's the perfect example right there in uh Jeff Hardy, and I'm quite sure that there are other people that you could uh, go to for that as well. It's just like he's right next to him, and, and and something has changed in WWE where, as you said earlier on in the show, this is not the beginning of the change. This is just the most overt example and just like in your face yeah. that yeah. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Like, well, I because don't. because in the past you've had situations like this, never never this bad. You've never had a jobber go to a champion in the span of a month. You've had nobodies become champion, like Sheamus, who was a nobody at the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking shit about Sheamus. I'm just saying it was out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, Swagger was, I think, one of the worst in my opinion. One of the worst. Ziggler was pretty down there mm -hmm. um del rio at certain points so you've had you've had nobodies become champion that's that's nothing new but you've never had a jobber become champion and the that's the month. part that i think that a lot of people are not getting because they love to throw out, out other names like bray wyatt like i saw somebody say something um on I've been seeing a lot of shitty hot takes. They're like, oh, the last time the jobber won the WWE Championship, I don't remember people complaining. Number one, a lot of folks were complaining when Bray Wyatt won. Number two, Bray Wyatt and Jinder Mahal are two completely different entities. Jinder Mahal in his entire WWE career literally has never been anything more than a jobber. Never never been anything more than a jobber and then to go from jobber to champion in record time that is just it's and i thought i was being a little dramatic when i said that the entire i honestly feel like the entire structure of wwe has crumbled not because of anything that jinder mahal has done as an individual he could 
probably going to be a very serviceable champion, but it's just the message that this sends with him in that spot and everything that WWE has done to lead up to this moment in time, it's it's to the point where it's it's maddening when you try to look at things and you try to establish a structure like you've done with the kayfabe tier list and for people like us who value storytelling and people going on journeys and things like that it's to the point where it's maddening trying to make sense of it is maddening and it's hard like whenever i try to make these i i didn't have this much trouble when i first started doing this now i have Mm -hmm. trouble i'm like uh okay so ambrose um yeah, he beat a lot of people clean, but that was like six months ago. I mean, what Owens beat Cena clean at one point, but what has he done lately? You know, mm-hmm. AJ beat Cena clean, but now he's in the mid-card picture. Like, what do I do with these people? Reigns beats The Undertaker. Now he gets taken out by Strowman. What the hell is going on? You know, I just, mm-hmm. I never know. Like, I can't even encapsulate the structure. There's no structure. And you're talking about Jinder Mahal. I see that as one side of the same coin. I think equally as bad is that main eventers are in the mid card. I think that's even maybe worse. Mm-hmm. That's even worse because in, in a lot of ways, first of all, you prevent up and comers from using that title because the main eventers are hogging it. So it's not doing its job. When people say to bring prestige back to those titles, I don't think they understand what that means. They think that means give it to main eventers. No, that's mm-hmm. not what it means. That's the, that's for the WWE title. <laughs> You give the, give main eventers the WWE title. You give mid carters the IC title, and you give it prestige by having those people go on to be the WWE champion eventually. Yeah, it's a stepping stone, right? That's its purpose, or it should be. Now it's like all the titles are equal. Is that what it is? Like, is that how I'm supposed to look at this? Because it seems like nobody cares which title they're going for, as long as they're going for a title, then it doesn't matter. You know, like, why hasn't Owens said anything about this? Like, <laughs> he just lost the universal title and he kind of he kind of just rolled over about it. You know, Ambrose, what is he doing in, in the IC title picture? And a lot of this has to do with money in the bank, which is another symptom of this, where people can just win a, a ladder match, very chaotic ladder match. That's not really based on skill, I, I would say, for the most part. And then become the champion. And this has produced almost exclusively dud champions. I can't really think of too many success stories with this Money in the Bank. I mean, I could think of Edge. Pretty much, that's all I could think of. And he had a character that benefited from the Money in the Bank concept being utilized in a way that it was. It's the ultimate opportunist. So at least that made sense. And it connected. And it was new. It was yeah. new when he did it. And mm-hmm. I thought like it shouldn't that should not be its total thing. And I thought with RVD maybe they would mix it up, but they never did. And it's only been RVD and Cena who have actually scheduled a match in advance. I actually think the Money in the Bank could be salvaged if you instituted a rule that you need to schedule in advance, because then you could have the guy lose and still look really good, or maybe he could win. I don't know. I'm but, telling as I told you in that tweet that when you sent that uh, suggestion out there, a lot of the value of Money in the Bank comes from. The shock. Remember when Dolph Ziggler um, cashed in Money in the Bank? Dolph Ziggler was pretty much a scrub before that moment, but everyone loved it, and it's so exciting, and it lives on in wrestling history as this amazing moment just because it was shocking. And it wasn't. It it was not an amazing moment. That's why I cringe 
every time I hear people bring that goddamn thing up. But... Well, that was another instance of just a guy coming out of nowhere and winning the world title. You know? mm-hmm. And every other successful cash-in I could think of was not the first ch- uh, time winning it. So I like CM Punk's second time. I didn't like his first time. His second time, a little bit better because it jumped, it kick-started a whole feud with Jeff Hardy, which was really good. Uh, it, it revealed Punk as a, as a heel underneath. I actually liked that, but it wasn't his first time winning it. His first time winning it was a, was a disaster because they, they pushed this guy who had just come off of ECW. He was looking like a mid-carder at that point. And he's the champion suddenly. That's actually one of the first instances of this I can remember. But yeah, it's things. These this stuff has been happening for so long, and there's no there's no consistency. Another another thing is that I have written down about all this. Uh, Rollins and Balor, much like Sami Zayn, they both lost their number one contenders match for the IC title, and then they end up in the world title match. <laughs> what is this? This is crazy. You know, this is just insanity. It's yeah. called it's it's called bad incentives, you know. There's the incentives are all wrong. And and the thing about that is we're not supposed to sit back and connect the dots. We're we're not supposed to do that because if we do, we're somehow wrong. We're somehow the weirdos. Even though all of this stuff is supposed to be connected and these moments are happening for a reason, right? Like you want us to watch the show on a week-to-week basis and you want us to follow these stories that you're attempting to tell and things like that but if we think too much about it we're wrong and I think that this is something that you have said in the past before where you were not rewarded for paying attention to the stories that WWE tells anytime you encounter any other form of entertainment if you have those diehard fans who pay attention to all of the details and in in stories and things like that i know with game of thrones they drop easter eggs all over the place in the marvel universe and you know all uh breaking bad all different types of shows they drop easter eggs and little hints where later on you know you start putting those pieces together and you're like ah oh my god like they really did that and it feels like it's a gift to you like the writers are honoring you and rewarding you for paying attention when it comes to wwe they don't do that shit if you pay attention to what's going on you will be punished and people will look at you like oh well don't don't think too much about it turn your brain off why do i have to turn my brain off when i'm watching wrestling like yeah people love to tell me oh don't don't get too hyped up about wrestling like it's it, it, it's scripted okay well yeah guess what everything else on tv is scripted as well and they have different tenets of storytelling that they have to adhere to but when it comes to wwe so many friggin' excuses as if they don't have to adhere to those same tenets of storytelling and entertainment like everybody else and people will say things like, oh, you just like to complain. You don't really like to watch. You don't really like, you don't really, really want to like it. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> I don't watch shows not to like it. Exactly. And, and you know what? This is, this does not happen with other forms of things that I watch. I don't watch Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad knowing more than the writers. You know, that would never happen. Mm-hmm. I can never know more than those writers because they are excellent in what they do and they take great care to actually understand the audience, understand their own universe, and more than the audience does. They understand. They know things about their universe 
and they they take care of it more than we can ever comprehend. Mm-hmm. Like s- some of the things they they make sure not to do, I would never think of. So they're always connecting dots. They're always looking where where have we been before? What's established before? I don't watch TV anywhere else uh, hating it. And then people might say, okay, why do you watch it then? Well, that's a fair point. Uh, if I hate it so much, why do I watch it? But I don't really hate it. You know, at worst, I just don't care. I, mm-hmm. The reason why I talk shit about it is because I love the medium and I want, I see what it could be. And that's why I, I get mad, but I don't hate it. I just like right now, I just don't care. You know, I, I see it and I, I'm kind of worked up about it because it's just so baffling, but I'm not here like killing myself that Ginger Mahal is a champion. I'm just shaking my head thinking, well, this is, this could be so much better, you know, but it's, it's not. It's not going to be until until a fundamental change happens. And I think the big problem is there's no the reason why there's no structure in the universe is because there's no structure in the um in the writing of this. There's no structure. You have a group of writers who barely communicate with each other, and this is something I've heard going by past writers and past wrestlers. Basically, people get thrown around to different writers. So basically one week the Miz is with one guy writing his shit the next week he's with a different guy different guy doesn't know where the first guy was going doesn't matter anyway because vince mcmahon has the last call you know <laughs> so there's no collaboration these guys don't from what i understand get in a writer's room and brainstorm for 10 hours a day on how they're gonna make this guy a star they just do whatever way the wind blows and with vince is changing every single day apparently so this is just a chaotic situation, and then no wonder it's chaotic because it's in the hands of like 20 different people, all of who are not on the same page. And even if they were on the same page, because I really don't think it's the writers fundamentally. I would like to think a lot of these. I, I would like to think a lot of these writers probably have some good ideas, probably know that this is crap. But what can they do? Because uh, Vince is the the last call, and he you know does what he wants. And sometimes he has great ideas. A lot of times he doesn't. And that's what we got to deal with, you know. Even when you look at NXT, you don't see this because it's no Vince involved there, you know. There's a lot of hierarchy in NXT. I don't watch it, but when I did watch it, it was very clear. Even though people would come from nowhere and become the champion, which would happen quite often, and I think still happens, um, you still accept that because there's a history there, you know. These guys usually have a history that they bring up. Like, if it's Owens, like, this guy has a history. If it's uh, uh, Bobby Roode, he has a history. So they're not nobodies. They just tell you their history, and then they go from there. And And the thing about that is that goes into the presentation because the announcers, they talk about them from a certain perspective, and every single moment that you see them on screen, they're telling you how important this guy is. They're telling you how strong this guy is. They're telling you how smart this guy is. And that follows them Every single move, every every single step that they take, every single move that they make all the way to the top, not in a situation like Jinder Mahal where he's down in C or D and you feel compelled to bring him up to the level of B plus just because he has the WWE championship now. Because I know there's only so far that that WWE championship can fall. Like That's, a, that's true. That's, that's so true. I mean, yeah, I mean, if... It, because he beat Orton, that was the reason why I brought him up to B plus. I would have had him in B if he didn't beat Orton. Mm-hmm. If he did something else, I don't know. I don't know how you would become the champion without beating Orton, but that's what that's what did it. But yeah, you're right. I would never. I don't think I can conceive of putting the WWE 
championship in the C tier. I mean, that wouldn't make sense. But someone on the Reddit said, um, let me get the exact quote, but he said, WWE champ should not be B plus. And my response was, tell that to WWE. You know, that's not my problem. I didn't <laughs> make sure that the guy who has the title is the best guy, or at least one of the yeah. best guys. But this is not what they do. And and look, I can't get invested in any of this because Look, I got invested in Ambrose winning the title, even though we did it via Money in the Bank, which I don't like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now he's the IC champion. You know, I, there's no consistency. There's no, you can't expect anything. You can't predict anything. There's no structure, and without structure, there's nothing. And I, this is something I've been formulating, and I'll probably come out with a a more, a better articulated thesis of this, but. I've been listening to a guy, you know, this is kind of off topic, but his name is Jordan Peterson. Uh, he's been in the in the Canadian media lately because he's standing against a certain bill that compels you to use uh, certain pronouns, but that's not what I want to focus on. He, he talks a lot about archetypes mm-hmm. and about structure because he's a psychologist and he's studied Carl Jung a lot. So he's he's made the point that Without structure, there's no existence. Without boundaries, there's no existence because you could just be anything. You know, if you if you could be anything, then then you're nothing. You know, if there's no constraining element, if there's no rules in the universe, then there's nothing. And that's what's happening to WWE. It's becoming postmodern in a in a very real way. You know, it's been, and this has been going this way for a long time. But I don't think I've ever seen it so obvious. Mm-hmm. You know. There's just no, there's no tangibility in this universe anymore. I can't predict anything. I can't feel rewarded for anything. Everyone could be world champion. The world championship means nothing. The IC championship is now on par with the world championship because one has gone down, one has gone up. No, I just don't know what the hell is going on anymore, basically. <laughs> and I feel like I can't get invested into something like that. And which has happened, like, I have not been invested in something in this company for a long time. You know, I still watch it because I'm curious how things will play out. But you know what? I did get invested in something. What's that? Braun Strowman. And you see what the fuck happens when I get invested in something. They take it away from me. Yeah, that's a good point. I can't have anything. Yeah, Braun Strowman is an example of a guy that comes out of nowhere that actually works because... He's a monster, and he was booked like a monster, mm-hmm. and he's really good. So all those things together, he, to me, he's kind of like a Brock Lesnar type. Now, he's nowhere near as good as Brock Lesnar, but he's pretty good. And when you're that good and you're that big, then, yes, you can go straight to the world title, and people will buy it. But when you're a little guy like Jeff Hardy, you got to climb. If you're, if you're a little guy like you know Seth Rollins, even, you got to climb, or AJ Styles. Uh, I mean, he climbed, I would say, in TNA, and that carried over. And and uh, ROH and New Japan and wherever else he, he's been, that's carried over. But if AJ Styles just debuted in WWE, he would have to climb too. You know, it, you can't just launch someone into the main event unless unless it works. You know, unless you're Brock Lesnar, unless you're Braun Strowman, unless you have something extraordinary about you that nobody's going to question that then you got to do it the right way and then you will have what you want you know they could have had ginger mahal in the in the main event and i would have accepted it yeah i like i said i actually like i like i like the guy like i look at him and i see it he has a really good look uh it's a really different having an indian guy with 
with this sort of look in the in the top spot. He, I mean, he's giving stupid generic heel promos, but that's all right, you know. But like, you you could have done it a little bit better, you know. You could have had a, a moment where he like ch- uh, had a change of attitude, where he said, "Fuck it, I'm done being a jobber." You know, you could have had him started winning matches gradually. It it just wasn't done the right way, and and uh, this is what you have to deal with, you know? And pe- then people wonder, well, why are people not accepting Jinder Mahal? Why is everyone shitting on him? And then they try to tie it into all of this other kind of BS as if, like, I don't know how to uh, explain it, but it's, it's honestly, I feel like it's either A, I've gone crazy or the world has gone crazy. It's It's one of the two. No, no in between or anything not, like that. It's not you. What's happened is that <laughs> No, but the thing about it is when I see a person like Jinder Mahal win the championship and I'm pissed off to the highest level of pissivity, and then people come back at me and challenge me for not liking it, it's like, do you not see what I've seen? And then when there are so many people, it's like you start to question your own sanity. And this is the situation that WWE has placed me in where where they're, I don't know if they're just contrarians or, you know, I that the video that I made about Jinder Mahal, it got a lot of play in India itself. So I, I guess I understand that portion of it, but it's just like, for, for so many people out there to be defending this thing to the friggin' grave, it, it, it it's like, it, is this world even meant for me? Like, the, the, the wrestling world, like, do I, is there just something that's not connecting? And like I said, I'm wondering, am I going crazy or just, shit, is everybody else going crazy? Uh, well, the answer is, uh, what are the ratings now? Probably like, what, 1.9? Um, I know for sure that Probably lower. Raw got its third lowest rating of the year this past Monday, and SmackDown, it's around that number two. Raw is consistently getting below three million, which that used to be just a year or two ago unheard of. And now SmackDown is like at two point one million, two point three, somewhere around there. So they're they're pretty low. Yeah, so look, we've gone from like 8.0 down to below 2. Where have all those people gone? Well, they're the smart people that said this is crap. I'm out of here. Uh, who's left? <laughs> people, who's left watching the show? People who will watch it no matter what. Mm-hmm. People like us who probably are masochists. You know, holding on to, you know, uh, Holding on to some hope. Uh, yeah. You know, pe- people who are watching it out of, out of habit. But this is basically... And I don't want to shit on fans too much, but this is like the bottom of the barrel in terms of fans that you're dealing with. So, like, I don't want to shit on our audience. I'm not saying everyone is an idiot. I'm just saying you got to look at who's left. Of course, they, they're fine with this because they're fine with anything because they're still here. And to mm. some extent, to some extent, we are, too. Yeah. Because, like, look, we're still watching this crap. So I can't act like I'm so <laughs> smart for not. I mean, if, if it was really that bad, I would stop, you know? Yeah. But it's like. People have known this for so long, and they just simply stopped watching it. So, you're de- and also look, the WWE and its fans are in a uh, a codependent, abusive relationship. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've noticed that, but the WWE abuses its fans, and the fans abuse the WWE, and now they become very codependent. Because if you look at the WWE, 
It's let the fans bully them in a lot of ways. I don't know if you noticed. You've noticed that. Yeah. They've there have been there. Look, there are times when the WWE is wrong. There are times when the fans are wrong, and the WWE has been placating to fans for a long time. And sometimes they should, sometimes they shouldn't. But a lot of this stuff that you're seeing is just them uh, buying into the the whole. Vince Russo calls it the "this is awesome" crowd, and th- this is the crowd that will just cheer anything. They want unexpected things. They want great matches with no storytelling. We were kind of talking about this uh, recently, in the uh, in the response to Orton and uh, the OBW trainers. Yeah, we were talking about this. So it's like the the fans have influenced the product for the worse in many ways, and the WWE has influenced the fans for the worse. It's just. It's just a, it's kind of a sick relationship, you know, and I'm part of that too. Yeah. But it's like nobody has any boundaries, you know. It's like <laughs> there's no boundaries anywhere in this in this uh, this product anymore. Not in real life and not in the story, and it's just sad because I don't know how you restore boundaries because it's just gone so off the deep end. Like we said, Ginger Mahal is the champion. Who can? Who can't be the champion? And a lot of people will say, well, that's a good thing. It's a good that anyone could be chump, can become champion. Not for me. Not for me either. And it goes back to the what I said about rules. It's like if there's if anything's possible, then what does anything mean? You know, it's it's just meaningless. It just devalues everything. It's I don't I mean, what else can I say? I like structure. And if you want to introduce chaos, at the very least, let it be some controlled chaos. I don't yeah, that's- that's how you do it, right? Sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt, but that's there are ways to do this. You know, when they did JBL, that was kind of a similar situation. But when that happened, it wasn't like this was always happening. That was a once out of the blue thing, mm-hmm. and JBL made it work to his credit. And it's the old thing about in order to break the rules, first you have to have rules, right? You, <laughs> like first, yeah. Go ahead, but you were saying. Um. Yeah, I don't place unpredictability at such a premium that i would accept something like gender mahal winning right i don't think that i could ever get so damn bored with wwe where i say let anybody win the championship and it if it's unpredictable if it's shocking i'll accept it there was some kind of structure being established though and there are little glimmers of hope that I see every now and again. One of them was with Braun Strowman. Another one was with Roman Reigns a few weeks ago telling everyone why he should be the number one contender to the Universal Championship. He laid out his case perfectly. You have a person in Braun Strowman been destroying everything and you know anyone who crosses paths with him. Roman Reigns says... I took Braun Strowman out. I put him on the shelf. Not only did I do that, I retired The Undertaker. This is my yard. That number one contender spot belongs to me. I guess people would look at that and say, oh, I don't like Roman Reigns. Him being the number one contender would be too predictable. So don't do that. That's a story to me, though. And that has value. Yeah. And you know what I just realized? The saddest thing. You know what was the bi- what was the biggest accolade possible in wrestling? Beating the streak. Yes. What does that become? 
because Roman Reigns beat the streak. What happened? He got his ass kicked by Braun Strowman, and he's not even the number one contender. You know, it's like Brock Lesnar beat the streak. He became a monster. Roman Reigns beats the streak. It's as if he never. Well, he didn't beat the. He beat the Undertaker. Mm-hmm. And it's as if he didn't. You know, it's. See why you have to go ruin that for me too. Yeah, well, I just I, I just noticed that. See, I, I'm trying to hold on to something, and it just keeps getting taken away from me. I understand in that case too, and that's one of those situations where it's like, maybe this is <laughs> like damned if you do, damned if you don't with WWE, because I understand what they were doing. They're like, let's spread the wealth around. We're gonna give Roman Reigns the victory over the Undertaker at WrestleMania, but we're I also agree with that. Yeah, but but we're also going to make sure that Braun Strowman, you know, some of that rubs off on him too. So you take that huge moment and you divide it up and in cutting it in half, you know, giving part of it to Roman Reigns, part of it to Braun Strowman, you do kind of um, dilute the moment. Yeah, and all of that heat from beating The Undertaker is gone. It's gone now. The week, the day after he beat it, he came out and it was amazing, you know. Oh my god! It was, it was. amazing. Loved and, it. And you felt like he beat the Undertaker, you know. It's like mm-hmm. he just beat the Undertaker, and now you know it's like never happened. I don't know what to say, you know. And just Every... to connect this back to um, something that I, I believe I talked about this with uh, Lucas because Lucas, he's the type of guy that. He, he, you know Lucas, like he'll dig his heels in on anything. It's like if I feel if if I look at something a certain way, that's it. Like there, I'm not giving anybody the benefit of the doubt. I'm not conceding to the other side or anything like that. So he would look at a person like Braun Strowman and say that you know I can't enjoy anything that Braun Strowman is doing because I think that him the, the simple fact that he's doing it, I don't agree with that. Roman Reigns should have been booked like Braun Strowman was being booked. And in that case, like, I, I, I yeah. still love what I see from Braun Strowman, but I get that 100% because it's like Roman Reigns, you would think that with him beating The Undertaker, this would be the guy that's, you know, he he's so arrogant and he's so cocky and he's tossing people in trash cans and shit because he's untouchable, especially with the fact that the only other person in the entire history of WWE that can say that they did the exact thing that Roman Reigns did beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania. He's MIA. He's not around currently. So Roman Reigns. Yeah, shit, it should be your yard. And if it is your yard, you know, you just impose your will all throughout WWE and WWE, they tried to have two people benefit from that one moment, and it, it it sounds good in theory, but once you see things play out, I guess, yeah, taking some of that away from Roman Reigns, you know, you may have thought that it was only a little bit. Like that moment still exists in history of him defeating the Undertaker, but that heat, it's gone now. Yep, and that I mean, what else can you say? It's like everything is just. Everything has been blown up to the point where nothing matters. That's just what's happened. Now, I don't know how you restore that. I think the only way to do it is got to be consistent for so long that the fans actually believe your titles again. That's the only way to do it, and I don't have any confidence that they're going to do it. 
And, you know, once in a while they try to do this, you know, that sometimes they do, but it always goes right back. You know, they've tried it with the U.S. title. Cena would have the title and it was cool. Uh, and then what? He lost it and what? Del Rio did something. Like, I don't even remember. And now what is it? You he know, did Owens nothing, basically. So Del basically Rio. Cena did all of that and he, and he, I think, successfully restored a lot of credibility to that title. And I actually liked what he did. You know, it kind of, I know it sounds like I wouldn't like it, judging by what I said earlier about main eventers holding that title. But I actually liked it because his whole thing was that he's going up against up and comers. So it's still serving its purpose while the main eventers are holding it. But right after that, you know, it just became nothing again. And same, the WWE title has gone through the same thing. You know, CM Punk held it for, what, 400 plus days, even though most of that was not even in the main event. Uh, he lost it, and then you know now Jinder Mahal has it. It's just there's no consistency. There's no commitment to legitimacy. There's nothing. It's really sad, and I, you know, <laughs> what can you say? You know, I think I've said everything. Did you catch the drifter in there? Yeah, I see him. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm surprised people finally noticed because I did this. On yeah, I saw him last the, time. the last list, and I think only one person on Reddit said something about it. Yeah, that's how I knew about it, because of that one person. Mm-hmm. But I'm really liking Damien Sandow's new character, the Drifter. <laughs> good one. I keep getting them mixed up, too. They must have been separated at birth or something. Because every time I see him, my immediate thought is Damien Sandow. No, wait, that's not Damien Sandow. It's Elias Sampson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, that is it for the show. And I'm quite sure somebody out there is going to think, man, that they just honestly bitch for like 48 minutes straight. Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah. we did. And, and that's one thing that I absolutely cannot stand because people act as if just because you're saying something negative or quote unquote bitching that there's not a point to be made. Because uh, you that video about Jinder Mahal. And if you didn't watch it, just go to youtube.com slash PWF Empire. I keep referencing the video throughout um, this show. But yeah, um, in that video, somebody said something to the effect of, oh, this is just 12 minutes and 44 seconds of bitching. Yeah, it is. But there's still a point to be made. Like, don't think just because things aren't happy, cheerful, bursting with joy and all, you know, the picture of positivity that there's not a conversation that definitely needs to be had. And I for sure believe that this was a conversation that needed to be had. And we would love it if that conversation continued. So hit us up on Twitter, me at PWF Empire, Steven at other Odie, O-T-I-E. Let us know what you thought about this show and add your two cents to the conversation. Until then, we'll catch you later. Peace.